Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to Banfield, and if this is a week of celebration for you, of uh, family and food and music and twinkling lights, thank you for letting us be a part of that. And it so happens that our show tonight is all about twinkling lights, the mysterious, awe-inspiring, and sometimes frightening twinkling lights, uh, for which we send wise men and women to the very ends of the earth in search of the truth, because we have always believed that the truth is out there. Unexplained aerial phenomena. That's the modern term for the twinkling lights and the streaks and the swooping or the hovering things that we used to call UFOs. They've been around for, I mean, really, they've been around for kind of like, we don't know how long they've been around for, right? But I'm going to come right out and say that we have never, ever had a year quite like the one that we've just been through. This year, the U.S. government actually made unprecedented revelations. Lawmakers held an unprecedented public hearing on non-human space travel. And News Nation was at the forefront of all of this. We brought you exclusive reports that helped bring light to places and subjects that were in the dark by design for generations. Tonight, a look at the quantum leap that we as Americans took with one of the very few people in the universe that can do this justice, the renowned theoretical physicist and author named Michio Kaku. He said the days of the official eye-rolling at UAP or UFO sightings, those, my friends, are over. And I'm also reminded by some insight by another famous physicist. You may recognize his name. It's Albert Einstein. Einstein once said that imagination is more important than knowledge. And nothing sparks the human imagination like the vast unknowns of our cosmos. Another of my guests tonight has thought about that as well. For eight seasons, in fact, Frank Spotnitz was a guiding force behind the hit TV drama, The X-Files. He says if the truth really is stranger than his fiction, he wants a front row seat. And also tonight, we're going to revisit that Las Vegas family that was visited back in April, allegedly by what they described as giant eight-foot creatures with long arms and big glowing eyes in their backyard. They gave those descriptions to the police And the weird thing is the police body cams had actually picked up a flash in the sky that synced up pretty darn close with the alleged crash that happened in their backyard. And if you did not see our eye-popping coverage in the spring, well, consider this my holiday gift to you. So just go ahead and grab some of those popcorn strings off of the family tree and get yourself comfy. Because I mentioned wise men and women at the top of this show. And if you're a fan of late-night comedy on television, you might also know that wisdom isn't really a prerequisite for engaging with alien visitors. Uh, Take SNL, for example. I'm Agent Morris with the NSA, and this is Special Agent Kirkpatrick. Now, we know you've all been through quite an ordeal, so we appreciate you making the trip to Washington on such short notice. Yes, you three experienced the first verified case of alien abduction, so naturally you are of great interest to the United States government. It's nuts, man. I mean, we're just 
small town birds, you saw a UFO in the woods. I mean, now we're hanging out with the government. Okay. Now, after the blue light pulled you into the spacecraft, what is your next memory? Uh, I came to and saw a beautiful being made of like a beautiful calming light. Yeah, same here. That being touched my head, and I felt every emotion in its purest form. It was amazing, and I cried, sir. Okay, and you, Miss Rafferty? Wow. What floor were you guys on? I woke up in a dirty metal dome, and uh, 40 little gray aliens watched me pee in a steel bowl. And they took the bowl, walked out. Okay, we are light years away from that kind of a display at a government hearing, but the actual U.S. government hearings that the whole world was watching back in July, well, that was light years ahead of anything that had come before. And it all started with a Pentagon whistleblower named David Grush. David Grush is a name that's not going to go away, and he's not a supermarket tabloid name, and he's not one of those, you know, Facebook group conspiracy-type names. No. David Grush is an Air Force veteran, decorated. Not only that, he was a former member of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. And as a Pentagon man, uh, he has decided to do something not many people do. He's decided to blow the whistle on his own government. And he is demanding that Congress take this seriously, and they are. He says that this U.S. government, for decades, has run a secret program that even... People in the business of, of space and, you know, all things alien don't know about. It is a program to retrieve crashed alien aircraft and maybe their pilots, of which he says there was at least one non-human recovery. These are massive claims. Massive. He says he's got the evidence, he's got the goods, and he's got the ear of Representative Tim Burchett from Tennessee. He's one of two members of the House uh, that's going to be leading the hearings, working on getting those hearings into play. Told News Nation that he believes the military has not been forthcoming uh, to Congress about what it knows about unidentified aerial phenomena. We used to call them UFOs, now it's UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. In a moment, Frank Spotnitz is going to join me. Um, you know, for almost a decade, he was one of those uh, thickly involved in the production and direction of the X-Files, which basically was kind of what I just said. Like, that was literally the dramatic. And this is reality following the drama. But he knows a whole lot about the research uh, that the producers of the X-Files did for so many years in order to create their storylines. And I asked him a lot about the things that are falling into line with his show. He's going to talk about that in a moment. First, though, the guy who does this for a living, the guy who knows more than all of us combined when it comes to space, when it comes to science. It's Michio Kaku. He is a professor of theoretical physics, the author of the New York Times bestseller, Quantum Supremacy, and he's live with me now. Doctor, thank you so much for being on the program tonight. You're one of the first person, first people I, I thought of when this story broke, and all I could think was, I wonder what Dr. Kaku would say, and here you are. So what would you say to this news? Well, you know, journalists say, follow the money. We physicists say, follow the evidence. Follow the people who have access to the evidence. Now, this is right out of a Hollywood script. In the past, we've had farmers and suburbanites say they saw something out there. The burden of proof was on them to prove that they were extraterrestrial visitations. Now, the burden of proof has shifted. Now, the Pentagon has to prove that these aren't extraterrestrial. 
And now we have this senior Pentagon official, former Pentagon official David Garush, who says that there are evidence of not just the wreckage of UFOs, but an intact vessel, perhaps even the bodies. And again, the difference is that this is no longer just a farmer or a suburbanite saying they saw something out there. Now there, there is a debate within the Pentagon itself at the highest level with different people within the military contradicting each other. And so I think that this is a good thing because now perhaps the truth will come out. So one of the claims that David Grush makes is that the evidence he has witnessed suggests that of the crash wreckage, some of the crash wreckage that's been retrieved, the elements are not of human origin. And he also states that they've recovered pilots, maybe singular, but it seemed as though um, it was of non-human species. And I can only imagine that that sort of gets your spidey senses tingling what are your thoughts about that kind of possibility? Well, I'm a scientist. We have to be open to the truth and to data. That's what we physicists work on. The more information we get, the better. Now, so far, we have not seen the smoking gun. We have not seen evidence of DNA, for example, from these alien bodies. We haven't seen alien transistors and alien circuits. That would clinch it right there. No ifs, ands, or buts. As soon as we have alien DNA or an alien chip, end of story. However, we're not there yet because we just have eyewitness accounts of people who encountered these things, but we don't have the smoking gun. And until we have the smoking gun, we scientists have to reserve our final judgment. But the very fact that we're talking about this at all is amazing. The burden of proof has shifted. Now the Pentagon has to prove that these aren't extraterrestrial. This is, I think, a milestone. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the fact that you and I are talking about this and not because it was on, you know, News of the World uh, or a supermarket tabloid is pretty remarkable. This is coming from a man who was an Air Force veteran, former member of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. He's a whistleblower. He's not you know, a, a, a quack. Um, and so I'm, you know, on one hand, I, I can't quite believe that there's a non-human pilot that was recovered. On the other hand, sometimes I wonder if we just think we're way smarter than we are. And by the way, Dr. Kaku, you're one of the smartest people I've ever encountered. Do you sometimes think we're only at the nascence of universal knowledge? Yeah, I think we're just beginning to understand how gorgeous this universe is. The fact that we've now seen so many planets orbiting other star systems, they could be homeworlds, homeworlds to other intelligent beings. And we now have a census of the Milky Way galaxy. Every star on average has a planet going around it. In other words, think about it, a hundred billion planets minimum in your backyard, in the Milky Way galaxy. And that's why I think that to assume that there's nobody out there is ridiculous. Of course they're out there. The only debate is whether or not they can reach us, but yes, they are out there. Well, then there's the debate, discussion, or fear, you can pick any of those, um, that they may be uh, unfriendlies, they may be hostile. Um, they may look at us as a, a nuisance rather than something that's fascinating if that is the fact, if they act, do actually exist. Can you speak to the, the issue of, of hostility? And this, it seems like we're talking pie in the sky here, but if there is an issue of hostility, do we globally have a scientific community that can convince 
um, our political leaders around the world that we are far stronger as one than trying to be the leaders in whatever our programs are discovering? Well, if you walk down a trail in a forest and you encounter a squirrel, do you go out there and try to conquer the squirrel and his habitat? No, maybe you want to try to talk to the squirrel. Eventually, you get kind of bored because the squirrels don't talk back to you. But in the same way, if the aliens can reach us from outer space, they are hundreds, thousands of years more advanced than us, and we're simply not a threat to them. They could have done damage to us decades ago, but here we are talking about it. So I don't fear for them. However, there's always a possibility of what happened to Montezuma in Mexico City when Cortez and his troops came. The Cortez had the had gunpowder. He had the horse. Uh, he had, we think, smallpox. Uh, he had all the weaponry necessary to devastate the the Mexican uh, civilization. And so, I think that we should not reach out to them and advertise our existence uh, until we know what their intentions are. So, I'm all in favor of the SETI project which is to scan the heavens to look for intelligent life in outer space. But I don't think we should deliberately announce our existence to the alien uh, neighbors we have in our neighborhood until we find out uh, what their intentions are. I'm with you, uh, but I always have been and I always will be. And if they do um, prove to be real, I'm going to be in your backyard asking to hang out with you while we figure this one out. Dr. Kaku, thank you so much. I'll just remind our, our viewers that your book is uh, Quantum Supremacy. This conversation could have gone on for six months and we wouldn't even have scratched the surface of how much I want to talk to you about. So you'll have to come back. Thanks so much. Thank you. There are unknowns, and then there are exceptional, extraordinary, and extreme tales of the unexplained. The X-Files served up the universe's coolest and creepiest secrets week after week after week. It's mastermind. Well, he, Frank Spotnitz, is with me next. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. We effectively were transfixed by a program called The X-Files. I specifically loved it because my cousin was one of the executive producers, Michelle McLaren. And she met her dear friend and colleague, Vince Gilligan, who was another EP, and Frank Spotnitz. And guess who's on the program tonight? Frank Spotnitz. Um, my cousin Michelle is in England shooting. She wasn't able to do the program, so she connected me with Frank Spotnitz, who was not only a writer and executive producer, but also a director on The X-Files. And at first I wanted to talk to him about why we were so fascinated with, you know, Mulder and Scully. Um, you know, one was the skeptic, the other was the believer. Um, and why it took off like a rocket ship, that series. And it might be because Discovery says about 75% of us Americans are... We're in there. We're, we believe it. We believe there is something else out there. There's some kind of ET business going on. So I wanted to touch base with Frank about researching for this program, creating this program, and the phenomenon that this program became. And then I learned a whole lot more about what he and his team learned as they were actually creating 
the X-Files. And I just want you to be reminded about that music that played weekly that always snapped our necks towards the television set. Have a listen. I don't know about you, <laughs> but whenever I hear it, the hair on the back of my neck it just gets a bit of a wiggle. Um, listen, show was amazing. Frank Spotnitz earned himself three Golden Globes, a Peabody Award, and four Emmy nominations working on that show. And I talked with him earlier today, and I asked him what he thought about this big breaking news of the whistleblower this week. I think it's absolutely fascinating. I hope it's true. You know, the, the tagline of the X-Files was, I want to believe. I, I, I am a skeptic, but, but I would love to be persuaded. And if, if this actually is evidence of extraterrestrial life, it'll be the biggest news story of all time. Right. I, I mean, beyond landing on the moon, I, this is, it's so sort of earth shattering. And for somebody who sort of lived in this world for the better part of a decade, do you feel you have a greater understanding of it or maybe just a different hope? I think I do have a greater understanding of it. I think most of us who wrote for the X-Files tended to be much more Agent Scully than Agent Mulder. I think you kind of had to be a bit of a skeptic to write the show because you're always trying to persuade Agent Scully that it was real, right? So you needed that kind of uh, skeptical posture to do it. Um, but I think I was humbled by all the people I met who claimed to have been abducted by aliens or to have seen ghosts or to have experienced other supernatural phenomena. And it wore down my skepticism to the point that I do think there's something to it. What do you think this means now for the notion of mystery, the, the notion of science fiction, the notion of what you do for a living? If this story actually pans out, um, how are we changed? I think it would change everything in ways that people don't fully appreciate yet. And I think as you said, I spent, you know, a decade uh, really thinking about this deeply because in those days, you know, we did 24 hours a year of a television show. It was a lot. And, you know, to me, it was significant that Agent Scully was a Catholic, somebody, a character of faith. She was a scientist, but she believed in God. Agent Mulder did not. And in a way, his search for aliens was like trying to prove God exists. And there actually was one scene where Scully says, you know, you can't do that. That's what God is. You need to take God on faith. And I think to some degree, for a lot of people, aliens are like trying to prove there's a God. And if you could, you know, that would have profound effects on everything, on, on morality, religion, ethics, human behavior. Uh, it would change our understanding of each other. It, in some ways, it might bring us closer together, right, because there'd be this other threat that's not human. We're always looking for the bad guy, you know, and in this case, it wouldn't be other people. It'd be something else out there. So I think it would be the most profound event in human history. I wonder if it will bring the world together. Well, it's interesting because I also think part of the way we look at aliens says a lot more about us than about aliens. You know, and I think, um, you know, sometimes 
depending on your your temperament, you know, you think, well, it's a benevolent God or it's a it's an Old Testament kind of God. And I think people look at aliens the same way. You know, is it friendly or hostile? I think one thing is clear is that if there is extraterrestrial life, it is superior to us, vastly superior to us. And I think that'll be um, that'll be humbling in the event it's ever it's ever proven that it's real. Humbling is a euphemism. <laughs> it will be terrifying. <laughs> well, you never, you never know. I, you know, you never know. Uh, it, it, I, I would like to think uh, that it would be uh, benevolent, but, um, but you know, I, I, I'm betting that, that we're not going to find out that this is true, at least not in our lifetimes, and that we're going to continue to live in, uh, in, in wonder. Um, benevolence and humility might just be these small concepts of us mere mortals. I mean, who knows? That's there true. may be far more emotion out there that we have no, you know, no idea about. Yeah, I have to ask you just again, because you lived in this world um, and because you've met so many people, do you think the reporting is true? Uh, I think, I mean, look, they've declassified a lot of documents in the last five years and videos, whereas before they denied it altogether. So it is true. There, I mean, unidentified flying objects are a fact. They are unidentified flying objects, and there are things out there that we do not understand. And I don't doubt the sincerity of this intelligence officer that you've interviewed. I don't. I don't know that it, it will be borne out that there actually are alien crafts, like physically in the possession of the government, you know, or, or alien alien beings. I, I find that hard to to grasp. But as I say, you know, I would love it for, to be true, but um, but I doubt it. When news of this broke, um, it makes me wonder if the old X-Files crew were secretly texting each other saying, are you seeing this? Like, did you reach out to David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson and say, what's your take? <laughs> I, 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 every time this happens, I do uh, email Chris Carter or text Chris Carter all the time. And, and he's... You know, he's actively involved in, in reading and talking to people about this, you know, much more so than I am. So, um, yes, uh, even after all these years, Chris and I have that line open. And how does he feel about this? I think he's less skeptical than I am. Uh, and, and I think he's he's more inclined towards towards faith and spirituality than I am. So I think he's just more open, you know. Um, so. Uh, and he was very excited when those videos came out of the um, that the Navy jets had taken. I think it was in two thousand. Last year, yeah, it was the last year. Um, I think it was last year. Yeah, yeah, he was really uh, really excited about that. If you could write the script uh, for how we, what our next step would be if this does bear out to be true, what would it be? Wow. Well, it would be such a giant movie. You know, this this is a movie idea. <laughs> this would be an X Files movie, not an episode of the show, because. You'd really need the entire world to agree on on how to react to this, and this is why I say you know it could be an incredibly positive thing for the world because you look at all of our conflicts, uh, and they all pale in comparison to the magnitude that this news would represent. Um, and it would be interesting to see how uh, how people found their common interests or didn't. Uh, in the face of such an incredible, you know, uh, life-changing discovery. X-Files was really big on conspiracy theories, you know, back in the 90s. And I think now, it, you know, conspiracy theories are so mainstream. Uh, th that's one thing that makes it hard to do the X-Files again now, because you can't really compete with what people really believe, you know, and talk about every day.
And um, I do think the world is so complicated that we're all looking for the magic key, the answer that connects all the dots and makes it all make sense. And there are a few of them out there. There's an awful lot of false keys, too. Um, but, uh, but the truth is out there. After a break, a story that's old hat for Hollywood, but it was blockbuster news just a few months back in Las Vegas, uh, just a few miles away from the dazzling lights of the famous Las Vegas Strip, a strange light was captured on police body cam and was followed by an even stranger call to 911. So there's two people or two subjects that are in your backyard? Correct, and they're very large. They're okay. like eight foot, nine feet, ten foot, I don't know. They're, they, look like, they look like aliens to us. A real-life alien space crash in a Vegas backyard? Ben Hansen of the Discovery Plus series UFO Witness and a definitive voice on all things extraterrestrial joins me next. I'm at the nail salon. I'm at the grocery store. I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store. A full person beside it and another one's inside and it has big eyes and looking at us and it's still there. Okay, where is this on your property? Uh, uh, in my backyard. I swear to God, this is not a joke. This is actually we so terrified of it. So there's two people or two subjects that are in your backyard? Correct, and they're very large. They're okay. like eight foot, nine feet, ten foot, I don't know. They're, they, look like, they look like aliens to us. Big eyes, they have big eyes, okay. like, like I can't explain it. And big mouth. They're shiny eyes, and, and they're not human. They're 100% they're not human. Okay. I love the, okay, oh, the 911 operator, okay. What the 911 operator probably didn't know at that time was that those police had recorded that uh, crazy streak through the sky right at the same time. What she probably also didn't know at the time was that other 911 operators were getting calls as well about the streak in the sky and big sounds. Uh, but the police didn't find anything in the backyard, like no debris or big footsteps or anything like that. Uh, family, however, says they found footsteps. No photos. I'm with you, it's kind of driving me nuts. Uh, but the other thing was that the family says the police came several days later. A couple of sergeants, investigators, very specific detail here. Metro police came to the house. Told, they told interviewers, they came to the house and they asked if they could set up cameras which they did. Only guess what? If you ask the Metro Police, they said, we never went back. This is where, I hope your mind is blown because that's kind of what I felt. Like, were they men in black? Dressed like the Vegas police? Is this all a big hoax? There are so many conspiracy theorists now. The internet is sort of on fire over this one. So it's probably most important at this point that I bring in Ben Hansen because he is the host of Discovery Plus's UFO Witness and he's been following this case 
closely. Okay, so Ben, when we talked before, we didn't know a bunch of this other stuff, like the broken leg that was uh, hanging in an awkward position and the eyelashes, and we took video, yet no one has seen the video. This business about police coming to the house afterwards with details like two sergeants, a couple of investigators asking to set up cameras, and then the cops say, no, we never did go back. I gotta take. Uh, I gotta get your take. What, what do you make of all of this? Well, it is one of the most bizarre cases, not the most bizarre that I've investigated. Um, I, I, you summarize it very well. It starts out with some corroborating evidence. You have a nine one one call. You have uh, police taking the family seriously. In fact, I think they would still tell you today that most of them felt they were telling the truth. They they seem legitimately frightened. But when you start digging into it. Um, you know, they, they start to have some inconsistencies. They told uh, George Knapp, local Vegas reporter, that they had video, which you said, of course, you know, was never mentioned in the beginning. Uh, the footprints, you, you don't think to take, you know, photos of those. And it starts to kind of unravel. And then all of a sudden the family stops responding. Now, the media has descended. They found the location. They're, I'm sure, getting bombarded. And, and it's natural. Maybe you'd want to go into hiding but at this point, you'd also hope they'd want to just kind of clear the air once and for all. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's very odd because we've looked at it every angle we possibly can, except for maybe doing voice stress analysis. Uh, when you played the 911 tape, I was thinking maybe we should do that, too. Well, there, there's time um, because we're not getting very far on this, although you have gotten farther than it seems the police have. I'm a little disconcerted with the report that the family said police came a couple days later and did this whole investigation, and the Metro Vegas police have said, no, we didn't. Can you tell me if you've investigated or reported on or witnessed any other incidents of these strange, you know, X-Files-like incidents where people arrive to investigate that apparently don't exist? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would say that we do have pretty convincing evidence that has happened in the past, maybe the 50s and 60s. I think it's really difficult to find such a situation now because... You could find this type of story in the tabloids. And then um, if there was a secret keeping group, who would honestly believe them and, and take it as true if they came out and just said their story like they've been doing and there's no need to cover it up? Well, that's what I would say. But for the fact that last week, Ben Grush came forward. And for those who don't know who Ben Grush is, uh, you probably will soon. He's a former Air Force veteran, um, longtime employee of the Pentagon. He's a whistleblower. He's telling Congress enough is enough. There is a secret program that the government runs to um, recapture crashed UFOs, suggesting even uh, non-human pilots have been recovered as well. That's a picture of him. It's being taken seriously. Congressmen have responded. They're asking for hearings. So it feels like we're getting some traction with this fella. The family said they saw blue-green sparks before the crash in their backyard and then the strange description of the aliens. And the American Meteor Society shows multiple reports of something cited right around the same time as far away as California. I get it. If it's a meteor, that would make perfect sense, but for the fact there's this backyard business and the alien beings business. How do you square those two reports? Well, absolutely. I mean, that, that's exactly the point here is that, let's say you had an elaborate hoax you were wanting to perpetrate, right? And what are you going to sit around and wait for a meteor or some event to kind of spark that off literally so that you start perpetrating your hoax? 
right? That to me doesn't make sense. Um, we have pretty much determined. I think there was a meteor. That's what they're seeing. We've we've pulled up uh, you know Google Earth images and lined everything up. But it is possible still that something did fly over. Let's say a piece of it landed on their property. Okay, so if we take them at their word, what I really have a hard time with is the descriptions of these beings. You're either making up a hoax or you're not. I don't really see anybody, you know, mistaking, uh, let's say, a coyote uh, or some, uh, you know, other animal in the backyard as an eight to ten foot uh, tall creature. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's the real problem. Right. The big eyes, the glossy eyes, the mouth, the broken leg. Yeah, I mean, t- t- 8 to 10 feet. I want to bring someone else into our, our conversation, Ben, if I can. So stand by for a second. Uh, Mark Berry is a retired Las Vegas Metro Police officer who's also been working with Ben on investigating this case. So, Mark, you're the perfect person to ask about this piece that involves the so-called, you know, Metro Vegas Police going to the house days after this crash. Uh, a couple of sergeants, a couple of investigators, the family reports, and they didn't, there was, they, were, they didn't exist. The Metro Police are saying we didn't. Do we believe the Metro Police when they say they didn't? Or do we think that somebody did show up uh, dressed as them? Yeah, 100%. I mean, Metro's a great organization. Their officers are some of the most finely trained officers in the world. And, uh, you know, they handled it. Uh, in my book, they, they pretty much did what they could as patrol officers. You know, the, the fact that uh, the family said some, some sergeants came in afterwards and put up cameras, that's not, that's not protocol in, in any kind of unit within the department. We're not going to do that. Basically, when you show up on scene, uh, once you gain that real estate, you're not going to give it up. So if you need to call in criminalistics, if you need to call in uh, detectives, if you need to call in another unit, you're going to do that, but you're going to remain on scene, probably, you know, start a perimeter or something like that. These officers... Uh, you know, I'm not going to discount the story. They had no reason not to believe uh, other than, yeah, you know, it, it, it's pretty uh, out there when, when you hear about the descriptions, but uh, they're there to, to look and, and get to the bottom of it as fast as they can. And, and they did go out back. Uh, they did see uh, some, I guess you could call it evidence, but, you know, I, I also have dove into this a little bit besides talking to the officers involved. Uh, you know, I used some of my air assets and, and were able to look out in the back of the yard and, and see the, the circular impressions that they were talking about. And in, in that backyard, there's a number of uh, trailers, a number of flatbeds, and the circular impressions are, are very indicative of uh, rear, rear wheel tracking. So if you drive through a puddle, your front tires make a mark, your back tires are going to make another mark. So you're going to have two separate circles. And if you can if you can see, it's the same uh, depth and the same width of the other uh, vehicle tracks that are going around uh, that shed. So to me, it, it looks very indicative of a vehicle track, and those are back rear real tracking. Well, that would be a logical explanation for the naysayers to say there's always an explanation for this. So thank you for bringing that part up about those mysterious circles in the backyard. But Mark, you also spent some time staked out. Like you staked out to see if you could get a read on this family. The family has ghosted everybody. They're not responding to interviewers that they made appointments with. They're not responding to telephone calls. I don't even know if they're in the house anymore. But what was your read when you were parked out front for hours and hours? 
Yeah, so I'll, I'll admit I drive a black SUV. Okay, that there you go. We I, can explain I the black SUVs away now. I do not wear a black government-issued sunglasses, so, <laughs> so there's a little difference there. Um, I have talked to some of the neighbors. Uh, I have been able to confirm noise, the uh, the big giant boom that the ring camera had caught at one uh, part of the valley. Um, but there, there's some more issues with the backyard. Uh, again, I, I don't I, I don't want to discount what they're saying, but the house has been dark. Uh, there has been no movement in and out other than uh, onlookers going you know by the house real slow, taking pictures. Uh, as far as movement in the house itself or in the rear, the backyard, or even in the trailers, it's been dark. And it's been, been dark for the last few days. So I'm sure that they, they may have left town, um, but, you know, I, I don't know. So, they, they may just be laying low. And, Mark, I'll tell you, you know, there's a perfectly good explanation. They're freaking out over all this attention, and so they am sprayed, or, as others would say, they've been taken by the government, and they're being hidden away and interrogated. I mean, this is what the Internet's lighting up about. So can I ask you, um, Ben, about... I learned this about you today, and I thought it was awesome. You have spent years debunking these hoaxes. You actually have developed a hoaxer profiling system, and you have five types. Can you run through those five types real quickly for me? Sure. Um, I like to think of it as verifying. Um, I hosted a show called Factor Fake for many years, and that was kind of where I developed all this. So um, one of them I call clinical con artists, and these are more like sociopaths, and they do it usually for fame or fortune. Um, uh, they usually have like a diagnosable personality disorder. Then you have legendizers. Now, if I were to categorize where I think this is heading, it's often possible that people have legitimate experiences, something that scares them, they believe is real, but they, they also are frustrated they're not being believed and they start making up things or legendizing, embellishing the facts. And we see maybe a little of that happening here. Uh, then we have commercial campaigners. These are the people you see making viral videos online. Uh, doing it, you know, to showcase their skills or promote a product. Uh, Self-amused pranksters. Uh, these ones really bother me because these guys do it just for the fun of pulling something off on somebody else. And then the final category is disinformation agents. And we've talked about that. This came out at a time where David Grush was giving his testimony. And um, you have a lot of people talking about UFOs. So the conspiracy is, well, what if some government shadow group comes out and tries to kind of mollify the hysteria by putting out something that could be later described or found to be a prank, right? And so you put out this outlandish story and sort of ridicule and make fun of those who are now starting to believe what's coming out in disclosure. I really think that is uh, not very plausible in this situation, but some people do. It's interesting. The police department felt they were legitimately scared, didn't think they were lying, and you'd have to be really, really good at assuming a meteor's coming to get your ruse all together for that very moment um, so that it aligns with the meteor coming by. Guys, thank you for this. Ben Hansen, Mark Berry, really appreciate it. We can't talk about alien space flight in Nevada, of all places, without talking about, say it with me, Area 51. It's a myth, it's a legend. It's a real-life repository of evidence and research, and it is all of that rolled into one. And that's why we are heading there after the break. No serious conversation about UFOs, in the United States anyway, can go very far without mentioning 
that place. It's where most alien theorists and fans of the paranormal will tell you the U.S. government is hiding all of its outer space secrets. It's called Area 51. And if you didn't already know, it's way out in the desert in Nevada, sealed off from the public. It belongs to the Air Force, and it is top secret, classified. The Pentagon does acknowledge that Area 51 exists, but good luck finding out anything more. If you ask what goes on there, military officials say it's a flight testing facility and open training range, but they won't say much more than that. And that's what makes Area 51 the perfect spot for mystery and conspiracy fans. The secret. Is the Air Force keeping UFOs there? Maybe. Is proof of extraterrestrial visitors being stored there? Nobody will say. Is the government hiding something there? Could be. But one thing is for sure. Official silence is gasoline on a conspiracy fire. The CIA says the name, Area 51, refers to its place on a map. It became government property back in the 1950s. Throughout the Cold War, the Air Force used the base to work on spy plane projects and stealth technology using the super long runways far from public view and all under the cloak of secrecy. Decades ago, when people started seeing things in the desert sky that they'd never seen before, rumors swirled about ships from space and visitors from somewhere other than Earth. With the government's official response of no comment, well, that convinced a lot of people that something out of this world must be going on at Area 51. One popular piece of alien lore is that a flying saucer that crashed in Roswell, New Mexico back in the 40s is stored there. Maybe even the spacecraft's occupants. The Air Force says no comment and the rumor mill turns. A television show called Roswell in the late 90s filled three seasons with stories of aliens who came to Earth at Roswell and of course had complicated high school relationships. to imagine the X-Files without Roswell or Area 51. The theme of that whole series was the truth is out there. And many of the show's plot lines were alien mysteries and secrets kept from the masses at all costs. The show was a massive sensation and the alien conspiracy theories, well, they exploded. And then the movie that brought a major Area 51 storyline to the big screen. Welcome to Earth. Independence Day. It put the President of the United States in the same room as the Roswell Flying Saucer. And where? Well, Area 51, of course. The space visitors in that movie, by the way, were not subtle or stealthy or very nice, for that matter. In 2019, a Facebook campaign called Storm Area 51 went viral. The organizers proposed a massive crowd of people run into the base all at the same time to overwhelm the security and finally see for themselves what is inside. More than 2 million Facebook users signed on to be there, but only about 150 people actually showed up. Wisely, though, they followed the military's stern advice to reconsider their plans, and nobody stormed the base. So here are your choices when it comes to Area 51. 
You can believe the government version that it is a military training base and whatever goes on there is hush-hush and need-to-know only, or you can believe that it's the official U.S. repository of evidence of alien life, spacecraft, and their non-human crew. Or you can believe that the truth is somewhere in the middle. Without a confirm or deny from the United States government, Area 51 can pretty much be anything you want it to be. Sorry, but that is where we have to leave it tonight. Yet another mystery, which is, after all, our specialty here. Um, But isn't it nice to know in this season of togetherness that we may very well not be alone in this vast, cold universe? Thanks for taking this journey with us. Chris Cuomo's next. People who don't want you to know what our government does with billions of your dollars and our special forces when it comes to UAPs. Why? Why is so much of it classified if there's nothing to talk about? A lot of the same media, by the way, that chase after me love to laugh at my insistence on this issue. Really? You're into little green men? Martians? Who said anything about little green men? Transparency. Why don't they have to tell you? Look, the easiest answer to give. If they found nothing and there's nothing about this that is unusual, is what I just said. We've never found anything. There is nothing out of the ordinary. Everything is understandable and explainable. How hard is that? How hard is that? And the, uh, the idea that, well, they don't want to do that. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.